From his youthful pilgrimage to India, to his key mentors and his longtime colleagues at Next, Pixar, and Apple. Powell Jobs goes so far as to call him a, quote, learning machine, end quote. He learned from his many failures and relentlessly applied those lessons. This wasn't an obvious process. Steve always preferred to talk about the future rather than the past, so there are very few examples of him reflecting on his triumphs and missteps or acknowledging a lesson learned. But like most of us, he tried to use what he learned to take better advantage of his strengths and temper his weaknesses. It was a lifelong effort, and like most of us, he succeeded in some ways and failed in others. Steve was always changing. Thinking of him in this way casts him in a very different light from the more common view of him as a stubborn force of nature. It reframes what those of us fascinated by and engaged in business can draw from his example. If you search for Steve Jobs' books on Amazon, you'll find that most carry such titles as Steve Jobs, Ten Lessons in Leadership, or The 66 Secrets of Steve Jobs, the most complete step-by-step guide ever written on becoming the next Steve Jobs. Book publishers clearly believe that readers are dying to mimic a magical, quote, Steve Jobs recipe for success, end quote. One possible exception, Steve Jobs returns with his secrets, which is, according to its jacket copy, a, quote, spiritual interview with Steve Jobs conducted just three months after his death. End quote. But there is no such recipe. You should call your book, Don't Try This at Home, Bill Gates told us. That's the degree of difficulty of what Steve achieved. There are no truisms about design or simplicity or focus that will transform you or your company. Instead, there's a narrative of constant change. The evolution of the iPad did not resemble the flash creation of the Apple II. The way Steve assembled and managed the team at Apple in the 2000s had little in common with the way he rallied the band of pirates that built the Mac. What Steve left behind was the process of his life, not a series of diktats. Thinking of his career and life as a fluid history changes what we can learn from Jobs. It changes his legacy and how we have to think about the future of Apple. What follows here are three unconventional assessments, and the ways in which they continue to drive the company Steve launched. Our book, Becoming Steve Jobs, which was published by Crown on March 24th, offers more and fuller insights. For starters, we have to reconsider Steve's image as a solitary genius who, on his own, simply willed breakthrough products into existence. Despite his reputation as a tyrannical micromanager, Jobs maintained an excellent and relatively stable executive team during his second tenure at Apple. The more mature and confident he became, the more he surrounded himself with strong, opinionated executives who felt comfortable arguing with him. This was something he had learned during his exile from Apple. For much of its first decade, Apple was riven by internal conflicts, many of them initiated or exacerbated by Steve. After getting fired, however, he had the good luck to experience, at Pixar, a strong collaborative culture. It had been molded by Ed Catmull, a would-be animator who had developed into a great manager over the years. As he steered Pixar through the many difficult periods that preceded the creation of Toy Story, he nurtured an intelligent, respectful, and effective culture. 
Catmull was so firmly in charge of the place that he was able to keep Steve from getting too involved in the production, so Jobs watched from a distance as writers and animators worked their way through failed plot lines, poorly conceived characters, and interference from Disney's then-chief of animation, Jeffrey Katzenberg. After Toy Story, he got to see the team do it again, with A Bug's Life, and then again and again and again. Watching our collaboration, where we were making ourselves better by working together, I think that fueled Steve, says John Lasseter, the director of Toy Story, who now heads up Disney Animation and Pixar with Catmull. That was one of the key changes when he went back to Apple. He was willing to be open to the talent of others, to be inspired by and challenged by that talent, but also to inspire them to do amazing things he knew he couldn't do himself. In 1997, when Jobs returned to Apple, the person he kept around from the old Apple regime was Fred Anderson, the CFO. Most of the executive team were newcomers, including Rubenstein, software chief Avi Tavares.